Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism. My name is Rachel Williams and I'm your host for this episode of the podcast series for Tasmania's tourism industry. It is, of course, proudly brought to you by the Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, which is the peak body for the sector in this amazing island state of Tasmania. Today, I'm joined by a lovely lady who is helping tourists and visitors to this state experience Tasmania in a different way. Her name's Sarah Barnes. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to say, if only people could see how amazing you look. You've just had baby Jack six weeks ago. Uh, You're looking amazing. Thanks for being here with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a a crazy six weeks, but um, nothing a a blow dry and uh, a bit of caffeine can't fix. (laughs) Oh, I remember that all too well. Now, you say he's your biggest adventure, but adventuring is at your core by the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, From a young age, I had a passion for travel and that actually led me to meet my husband, James, who we we own um, our business together. Uh, We actually met working out at Uluru, uh, out in the Red Centre, tour guiding. We both started working out there, um, tour guiding for the very first time. Uh, And that was about nine years ago since then. We've uh, been on so many adventures and, yeah, but Jack being our biggest one yet, for sure. (laughs) And we will, of course, talk about your new, relatively new business, Experiential Tasmania, in a moment. But I want to get some idea. You are a a Tasmanian-born and bred woman and then you've gone off around the world exploring and, and tour guiding. What what piqued that fascination for you in, in becoming a tour guide? Well, it's interesting. I think going overseas, I was it really opened my mind to so many different opportunities and jobs out there. You know, you are in South America and, and you see tour guides hiking in around Machu Picchu and that's their job. And I just thought, wow, if I can bring that back home to Australia and, and specifically Tasmania, uh, where I knew I always wanted to be, if I can make that my job, how special is that? And especially to do it in my hometown of Tasmania. As you said, I did grow up here. I grew up uh, about 30 minutes west of Launceston and went to Hagley Farm Primary School. So uh, Where all the good people go. That's oh, where my exact. husband went. Oh, he always says that. <laughs> Between Richie Port and you, he's got some good company then. <laughs> oh, I don't know about being in the same calibre as Richie Port. but So, yeah, to come back to Tasmania and, and share places and people that I think are really special uh, and you know, I'm proud to be Tasmania to share that with people from all around the world is uh, pretty, pretty amazing. So you started your business with James in 2018, Experiential Tasmania, and it's a bespoke, tailored itinerary service for, I'm assuming, high-end travellers. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, James and I were introduced to the high-end world when living in Melbourne uh, back in 2016-17. We worked for a company called Abercrombie in Kent and they're one of the high, high-end high luxury tour providers 
globally. So we were going down to Melbourne Airport, meeting people off their private jets at the end of a red carpet and, and you know, showing them around Melbourne and different parts of Australia as well. So James specifically where it was even taking people over to New Zealand. So it, that was a real eye-opener for us. And we saw whilst working for Abercrombie & Kent what the, the fact that there was a hole in the market down here in Tassie um, so that was a real drive to come down and have these high-end guests who are wanting a real immersive and deep experience coming down and just connecting those dots for them because it is overwhelming. We've got so many amazing businesses down here in Tasmania, but sometimes you don't know where to start. If if we're to jump on a plane and fly into Tuscany, for example, there are so many vineyards, you almost need somebody to bring it in and, and hand select those uh, highlights for you. So that's what essentially what we've done here in the Launceston region and in Tamar, the Tamar Valley, gone out and made connections with local producers and taking guests on that journey. But yeah, so with a luxury edge, you know, we like to do things at a high level of service and experience. And is it a, a one-day thing or is it as many days as people want to have you and, and your company? It really can tailor to suit. So generally speaking, it's day touring, uh, but we have organised some multi-day itineraries for guests, uh, for international guests, and put together a whole Tasmanian package for them. And are you the tour guide throughout the whole process? Yeah, usually James and I myself, um, uh, but we do have some local guides who are all really experienced and uh, showcase Tasmania really well as well. So people will go to your website and basically they say roughly what they would like to experience and then they leave it all up to you basically. So they arrive and don't know necessarily what they're going to be doing. No, they do. So (laughs) we do have a lot of communication back and forth to start with. So for example, if we're planning a multi-day itinerary for somebody, we'll go back and forth, WhatsApp, wherever they are in the world and have those conversations. Ask what their interests are, what they like, what kind of food they enjoy and then with our knowledge of Tasmania put together something that's really special for their time here. So rather than them wasting time being on Google while they're in their hotel, they know that they've got a full program and seeing the best parts of Tassie. And how receptive have the business owners along the different routes that you would like to visit and take people to? How, how have they been and, and accepted yeah. that you're coming in doing something that's a little bit different? Yeah, really well, actually. So I think sometimes businesses, for example, agritourism, you know, agricultural businesses, they've got one thing that they have to focus on. They're growing truffles, they're growing olives, they're making great wine they don't have the time and experience to connect with these guests and know how to put it all together. So that's where we come through as the middleman and connect those two entities and um, provide that experience that they might not usually be able to offer. So, yeah, I guess it works quite well being that middleman for, for the local producers. Now, I'm assuming given that you've only been in operation for less than two years, your business has been a tale of two stories over the Hmm. course of that journey. What was it like initially once it started pre-COVID? And then we'll talk about the challenges of that as well, but start um, Mm -hmm. to begin with. Did you think it was successful? Yeah, we built some really great relationships. So, for example, James and I used to work for the, and I still do work part-time for the Tasmanian Walking Company. So we 
started offering transfers for their guests. So that was a small little gap in the market, I guess, that we filled. From there, we built a relationship with Freysenay Lodge. We created a product called the Freysenay Walking Tour. So it's a five and a half hour guided walking tour in the Freysenay National Park. And we're offering that experience to their guests that would usually visit and maybe go up to the wine glass bay lookout and then leave and leave without having an understanding of the history, the geology, uh, the flora and fauna. So uh, and Stillwater 7, uh, we've been working with Chris here in Launceston with Stillwater 7. So I guess we're honing in on those guests that would, you know, usually have no idea what they're doing and giving them a unique experience. So, yeah, to answer your question, it was going really well uh, pre-COVID. We, I mean, I wasn't pregnant at the time, so I was just here, there and everywhere from, you know, down on the Tasman Peninsula up to Freysenay and then over to the... Spirit of Tasmania, so busy. James and I barely saw each other, but it was really exciting and I think I really relish in that busyness. Uh, then, yeah, March came along. Well, I'm assuming if I've got my maths right, you would have roughly known you were pregnant just before. Just before. <laughs> so f- to be honest, it's been perfect timing to grow a little human and I guess step back and have time to focus on the behind the scenes things that you never get to. So built, you know, working on the business rather than in the business. So yeah, this this winter, this COVID time has been working on the nuts and bolts of the business. And now we're really keen and we feel ready, even though I've got a six week old, but we're setting up those systems and training local guides, really quality guides to launch now that borders are open. I'm sure baby Jack will look very good in a front pack, yeah. helping you do the tour guides. <laughs> do we as Tasmanians underestimate how much money some people do have to spend on travel? Oh, absolutely. As said, I think it was a real eye opener working for Abercrombie and Canton, working with these guests who are. You, you get you get you're welcoming them off their private plane, and it's just people are coming to Australia with a lot of uh, money to spend in tourism. So if we can capture a small portion of that and enhance their Tasmanian experience, yeah, I think it's a win-win for all. And I'm assuming we're not talking about the celebrity names that you hear of, of heading off to Sapphire or just flying into play at Bamboogle or, or what have you. These are just your run-of-the-mill yeah. billionaires, billionaires <laughs> dime <yeah>. a dozen. <laughs> and, you know, and not ne- and not necessarily billionaires, millionaires, people that work hard for their money, work in business, uh, but when they come t- on a holiday they might only, you know, they've been working their butt off and they've only got a 10-day holiday in Tasmania so they want to spend that money well and spend it on quality. So I guess that's where the niche we want to fit in is providing that quality experience. And have you found during the COVID break and and now moving forward with obviously limited tourism um, access at the moment that that intimate tourism is going to be a step ahead really of what people probably are going to need to do into the future? Yeah, the Tasmanians have been great over the COVID period. I've been so impressed with the engagement from the local market Um, but I think in the industry, we just have to keep striving forward and and being creative, being open to new ideas, collaborating with like-minded businesses to become the best we can and, you know, get over this damn COVID. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the fact that you're not 
it's not rushed. Sometimes, you you know, especially you'd go overseas and you'd have 15 things you'd need to fit in in, in one capital city yeah. every day and then you're exhausted by the end of it. But this is all about that real experience and real personable storytelling mm. travel, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So as said, when James and I travel, we really like to travel uh, experientially. So uh, I had never heard of the word experiential in terms of tourism or anything uh, prior to sitting down with James and, you know, telling him all my dreams about having a tourism business in Tasmania and the way we wanted it to look. James is a primary school teacher by trade, so we've spent quite a lot of time working up in remote communities in Northern Territory and Western Australia. The reason I say that is because when James teaches, he teaches experientially. So he teaches by doing an experience and the kids really engage and have great results with that. So that's what we wanted to do with our guests and what we wanted to do with our own travel, stop. Um, meet the people, understand the culture, uh, regardless of where you are. I mean, we've stopped in the Philippines and rather than going to a big surf camp, we've stayed with a family in a little island and, you know, surfed with them, ate with them, stayed a little while and um, felt a part of their family. So in turn, you have memorable experiences. So experiential travel, I think, is a way forward. And when we're planning our itineraries for Tamar Valley guests, for example, we look at guests meeting the makers, uh, hearing their story, learning the process and connecting with the product. So when they go home, they feel that that product, they're almost part of that product story and it really comes alive. And are you learning a lot on the on the way as well about the amazing oh. products and people we have behind the scenes? Absolutely, yeah. There's, so, there's such a diverse selection of produce here in Tasmania and we're so lucky. The relationships we've built with businesses locally is wonderful and we're so lucky that they've been open to it. For example, we've built a relationship with Marcus out at Tamar Valley Truffles. So I have learned the whole world of truffles and how they grow and how they're exported and, and the challenges that come with uh, that that kind of industry. So yeah, I've I have really had my eyes open to some incredible products. And is it, it's obviously different to what you were used to when you talk about Uluru mm. and, and working in places like that. How have you adapted to that given it isn't as big and as dramatic as perhaps some of the other places you have worked? I think a theme that we really took from our time working at Uluru and sharing that area with people is storytelling. So Obviously, out in um, the Uluru Katajuna National Park, there's some incredible stories that pass through, Jukaba stories that pass through that region. And then spending our time up in Aboriginal communities, all the stories that pass through those communities. And, you know, we were adopted by families and welcomed and shared, they shared their stories with us. So I think that element of storytelling really resonates with people. So when we came down here to Tasmania and we created Experiential Tasmania, it was simple. That's what we had to do. We had to have that element of storytelling and that's what we do on our tours. And what's the future plan for the business? Is it a matter of just consolidating now after COVID or do you have some expansion plans already in the in the back of your mind that you think of when you're breastfeeding of it art? <laughs> I think I always have plans in the back of my mind and James really has to rein me in sometimes and say, Sarah, you've we've just had a baby, you don't need to take on the world. But I've always got ideas brewing. But at this stage, I think it's just getting what we have back to where it was and still while continuing to build 
relationships with people. I think that's the most important part is to build community with uh, local local people. So, yeah, we're at the moment just ticking along nicely and, and hope to uh, e- expand in the future. And you're almost a little bit of a custodian, I think, as a tour guide. I remember touring uh, internationally and you, you do tell stories at dinner parties of remembering the what the host said or what they, they did and where they took you. Like, that's a pretty important thing to to be representing Tasmania. Do you feel that pressure at all? I, I, I relish in it, really. I, I really love representing Tasmania. Uh, I think wherever I go, especially, you know, when I did work out at Uluru, I loved donning the Akubra hat and, you know, being that real Australian icon. And down here in Tasmania, I think we've got a great local identity and I think that I represent it well and our business represents it well. So, yeah, no, I, I think um, I'm very proud to be Tasmanian. And do you think there could be some Tasmanians that would like to to visit places that they probably don't even know about with your business as well? Yeah, we've had, as said, really great engagement from the local market. Out on our Frace and A walking tour recently, I just had a guest who was just in awe of the Frace and A Peninsula. And even though he had been there before, going with a local guide and, and learning about the area on a deeper level in a small group tour he felt more connected to the area and, and the region. So, uh, and the feedback's been, been wonderful from the local market. So, yeah, I think uh, it's just great to see locals getting out and spending their tourism dollars here in Tasmania. Yeah, it is indeed. Sarah, do you have any advice for other people who might want to become a tour guide or do something similar to your startup business? Absolutely. So, I think if you're passionate and keen to have a business just to get out there, learn as much as you can from other people. We've built connections with different people we admire in in the area. Um, for example, um, probably going to put her on the spot here, but um, Arch down at Sweet Brew, she's a fabulous, we frequent there a lot, um, but she's a fabulous business owner and we have had conversations over coffee about how to run a business and, and just different things which has really uh, been fantastic for us. Um, I think just doing it, encouraging yourself to get out there, just start having conversations with people. I think that's the best part is to back yourself, learn what you can and and go for it. You don't want to dodge not trying, do you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, just go for it and have the support of entities around you, you know, people like TICT and all the local regional tourism entities have been fantastic to deal with and they're really keen to support you and see you thrive. So just get in touch with people, as said, um, just talk, talk, talk. Look, thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah Barnes from Experiential Tasmania. It's, it's been a real delight to meet you and um, hear a little bit about your amazing business. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Well, that is uh, all for today's episode of Talking Tourism. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you uh, follow us and we've got plenty more being dropped in the near future. Of course, you can get all the details through the TICT. I'm Rachel Williams. Thanks for joining us. See you soon. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.